What's up, everyone out there, and welcome back to another edition of Corp Stats here on the Mayo Media Network on YouTube. Your host, John Legaza, Big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always, coming out the chair, as always, getting you ready for the upcoming MLB 2022 fantasy baseball season. Some things in this life are certain. Death, taxes, sun rising in the east and setting in the west and meet up before the crack of dawn to bring you the fastest show in MLB absolutely anywhere. Please make sure to like the video. Make sure to subscribe to the Mayo Media Net. And if you're picking up what we're putting down, check out that baseball playlist. It's pretty robust. We've been adding videos twice a week, every Monday and Friday. Player breakdowns, player comps, positional strategies, arsenal dissection, really granular looks at a lot of you know different aspects of the baseball and fantasy game. Overall, introducing rolling charts, some trend indication tools, a little bit of everything. You know, what you come here for is the context and the nuance, really the things that I hang my hat on. If player A is going to do, then I am going to overdo. Let's get into today's topic. I don't really like to call them positional rankings. I find positional rankings to be a little boring. Again, I'm always looking to challenge to challenge the field and talk about application, right? I think that's always really at the center of success. And where we're, what we're going to do is we're going to go over the entire top 12 shortstop position. We'll take a look at last year's stats and stuff. You know, I'm a bit of a stat guy. But also what we're going to do is take a look at the Bat X projections by Derek Cardi. Make sure you're following his work. He is awesome, and I consider him a friend. Well, what we're going to be doing is plotting the bat x projection dollar return values in relation to adp to look for value right so it it stands to reason that the best shortstops are going earlier than the ones going later or at least generally however especially when we get to the middle of the pack we want to start to understand like is it worth the payoff i, mean, I guess that goes for anywhere in the draft it's just a lot easier to figure it out in the first round so i think that's a good little breakdown of what we'll be doing let's let's dive on in to these shortstop stats it is an extremely strong position and you know what i think i'll leave you i think i'm going to bring up the projections right here i made a nice little uh custom graphic for everybody you can still see that handsome mug in the corner if that's what you're here for hi mom look at me all right everybody you know you gotta have a little bit of fun when you do this work or it can lead to burnout i'm going at this seven days a week like 20 hours a day and so you gotta keep a smile on that face remember emotional capital is just as important as you know financial capital so i'm going to leave the projections these are bat x projections for next year up on the board let's just take a quick look at last year again the shortstop position extremely strong tatis went through the roof he only played 130 games 42 bombs with 25 steals it's kind of funny that he's really not the consensus number one overall player right now people of course worried about the subluxation of the shoulder i don't know he managed to play through it now he's got a couple months of rehab he should be good to go but his playing style is that of the tasmanian devil you know which is one of the reasons that we love tati so much but when you play like that you kind of do leave yourself open for injury so if you are not worried about the injury tati should be the 101 and it's not particularly close maybe in any format remember he did hang a 975 ops 403 well but let's work our way back down the board treya turner and bo bichette probably a little more similar maybe turner a bit more average bichette maybe a little better in the counting stats that toronto lineup is ridiculous turner stole 32 bags bichette 
25, 28, and 29 home runs, so pretty close there. Again, I don't think you can go wrong with either. It's probably more of a slot dependency where you're drafting. If I was choosing between the two, I would go Turner. I love that batting average, right? A 325 or better batting average when you're getting 650 PAs really helps to bring up the float for some of the power guys you'll have later on. Tim Anderson, five categories of contributions. He keeps hanging those 300 averages. I'm down with Anderson. Simeon, who I think is good, I believe is probably set for a little bit of regression. He had 45 home runs, but I think he had 45 barrels. He's just not going to convert, you know, that high of a percentage. Actually, I'm sorry, you know, I really hate to leave you with numbers that may not be right. It was 50 barrels. So 45 out of 50 barrels is still ridiculous. You're not going to convert that. Again, he's leaving Toronto. So the counting stats probably going to take a hit. So Simeon, I, I don't think is worth the opening price, but as he slides back, he is a valuable fantasy player, so we do want to consider him. He should not be on your no draft list. Xander Bogertz, very strong. The context is good. The counting stats will be there. You're going to get some home runs, not too many steals, I do believe, in the average Lindor. If you're curious about my breakdown, check out that playlist I mentioned before. We break it down. I get right into Lindor, all of our expectations and why. Uh, I think we do get a bounce back. I like him more for counting categories maybe than for average. I can see Lindor landing at that 250 spot. Maybe not where you want to get your shortstop. One, Wanda Franco, I'm about worried. I'm a bit worried about the counting stats. I think he's a bit overvalued just because of the home runs. I don't think they'll be there just yet. I think Wanda Franco is one of the most valuable pieces in all of Dynasty Fantasy. So please don't mistake this with me not liking Franco, but where you have to draft him inside the top 50, you need that production now if there's any kind of lag. Again, I think you're going to get an A++ average. He's a phenomenal baseball player. I'm just worried about the counting stats. Javier Baez, you know, the stats are there, but that profile, a little bit worrisome. Corey Seager, you're not going to get any steals, though I do think everything else will be in place. You have to worry about the health. Jazz Chisholm, who I've covered, I worried about the flawed hitting profile. You know, there's a lot of swing and miss. There's a lot of strikeouts, but again, counting stats should be there. He's got power. He's got speed. Jorge Polanco, who I love, we'll get into a bit more in a few minutes, rounding out that top of the SS1 leaderboard. So here, now let's go over these projections that I have up there. I know there are some audio-only listeners, which is just fine. Here is one of the things that we're going to get into again in just a minute. When we speak about value, projections, expected return, but then we have to add in cost. So apples to apples, right? Who do you like better? But then you have to factor in the cost. Up top, it really is something to see. Turner projected for 308 batting average, 28 homers, 31 steals, 110 runs, 91 ribbies, and still be more than 10 dollars below Tatis projected for 44 bombs even better counting stats and 24 steals again if you believe in the health of Tatis he should be the 101 Turner has taken that spot he is also eligible at second base which is a very hard position to fill like that especially up front you won't have to worry about sacrificing later on so I do see the argument for Turner at one if it's health based but as I think about it more and more man Tatis can just be the overall top player in fantasy baseball and missed like 20 games. It's just, it's ridiculous. I don't know if we've really seen that. Now back to Bo Bichette. Remember, I did mention Bichette akin to Turner. Projection systems seem to be buying that. Bichette projected to return 29 to Turner's 32. Hey, not bad of a step back if you can get Bichette with the five opposed 
to the one, right? Only one player gets the number one pick. A few people have to pass over Bichette, being able to fill in shortstop with a 290 average, 25 bombs, 15 steals. And I think the projection systems might be a bit light on runs and ribbies. If Bichette is hitting at the top of the lineup, he should be good for 100 runs. And if he's hitting second, third, or fourth, he should be good for 100 ribbies. So I'm a bit higher than the bat X on Bichette. I probably have him closer to Turner now that I think about it. Tim Anderson, really nothing to be desired there again. I think it's probably a playing time thing. If he does manage to hang the 290 average that's projected, I think the runs will certainly be there. Anderson's going to lead off for the White Sox. I think he's a perfect candidate for 100 runs. So again, while we digest projection systems, it is okay to buck them a little bit, providing we're validating it. I think that is perfect validation. I think Anderson's OBP in that lineup should equate to more than 100 run scored if the playing time is there. Now look at Marcus Simeon, and we're going to get into more of a blob, right? That's the end of the $20 expected returns. Simeon, Story, Bogarts, Linder, and Franco. All of those players you could even toss in Seager projected to return between 14.30 and 16.50 if you just cut it off at Franco. So Simeon, Story, Bogarts, Linder, and Franco are all projected to return within a dollar of each other. And that really is at the core of this exercise. Understanding expectations for return, but then we're going to apply the price in a second when we get down to the bottom. I mentioned Seager expected to return 1430. How about Polanco at 1380? 265 batting average, 25 homers, 9 steals, 85 runs, 79 ribbies. Him going last off the board, something that you got to look at. And at the bottom, Jazz Chisholm. I usually use the bat X because Derek's work aligns with my own. I have been incorporating StatCast data into my projections from the very beginning. Now, Derek is doing that. And I believe when he back-tested it, the bat X was the most effective and accurate projection system as far as offense. So I've kind of leaned that way. But again, just because I believe in his work and just because I like him and respect him does not mean that we just absorb it. Absolutely. We should always be applying the critical lens, right? Raising that eyebrow, getting out the little jeweler scope there. Okay. But at the bottom, what I was getting at is Jazz Chisholm only projected for below $8. Why a 2 34 batting average, the rest of it looking pretty good, except for those ribbies, which could probably be expected from the Marlins. However, I do think they're going to take a step up. I also think they might add a bat. They're not necessarily terrible up front. I think Aguilar is due for a bit back, and again, you know, there is Chisholm. Miguel Rojas, I think, is chronically slept on. He won't come up today, but look at his projections. you got to like Rojas in Roto. He's a guy that can hit 265, give you double digits, homers, and steals. Huh? That ain't bad where he's going. He won't even have to start for you at shortstop. You could get him as an MI. So I wanted to get back to Chisholm because people like him so very much, but that 234 batting average could be a real sinkhole. Now let's get into the exercise. Now that we kind of laid out the overview, we took a look at projections. Now let's dive into the chart. I did these myself at the bottom for the audio listeners. Again, please make sure you not only uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, but also to the podcast. I know that's a very popular form of digestion for this kind of information. I'm going to do my best to make it applicable for both video and audio listeners. So what you have on the left is the price across the bottom are player names, self-explanatory, along with the ADP. That's the number they're moving left to right. Now, those two plot points are going to speak a lot about value. 
the trend line that you see is not definitive. It's just it's just a rough understanding of where value would fall given the average cost, given the expected return. So up top, right where you expect Trey Turner, right on that expectation line, he's going all the way up front. You got to get a huge return. He's right there. So again, let me just stop real quick. Any dots, any plot points that are seen above the line should be considered a value, right? Because they're higher than the expectation. And if they're to the right, it's a lower cost. So that's what we're looking for. Any players plotted above the line. Tatis just threw the moon. Clearly the best value on the board, no matter where he goes in drafts. Tatis has a potential to win you the league. Bo Bichette, again, right on that line. He has a step down in expected return, but he's also a little bit cheaper than Turner. So that makes sense. Tim Anderson, Returning a bit below value, but again, we don't want to purely subscribe to the line. Simeon, there's enough distance between his plot point and the line where we might start to get worried. Though, remember, even though he's only expected to return $17, his price is on the move down. So as the price moves down, value calculations are going to change. That was something I really have been making sure to highlight about Marcus Simeon. He's ended up on every single, you know, bust list so far. And again, when he was going at the second round, yeah, maybe that was a potential bust. But as he slides now into the late 30s, if he finds his way into the 40s, maybe into the fourth round, then I think that's a, a buy, right? So again, cost always being at the center of value calculations. And now we're back at the blob with Simeon, that blob that I mentioned, you know, six, seven, eight shortstops expected to return between 15 and $16. So if that is the case in a vacuum, the best way to make the decision is to take the cheapest player. And I think that shows you see the value calculations in regards to the trend line begin to shift just a touch. Simeon, Story, and Bogarts slightly overvalued because of their cost. Franco, Seeger, Polanco, slightly undervalued because of the cost. Remember, all of these expectations are extremely similar. So that is pretty much where I'm leaning for shortstop. Again, and that's why I think this sort of exercise is more effective than just simply ranking players in a vacuum. I'd rather give you the tools and the ability to discern when to pull the trigger. Right, We could say Marcus Simeon is going to be better than Jorge Polanco, which could absolutely be true. However, the difference of 42 picks in ADP gets me Polanco every time and never on Simeon. So to wrap this thing up, I hope there's just a few lessons there beyond, you know, just reading stats or reading a list of rank shortstops. It's never been my style, and I don't necessarily think it's the most effective way to go about winning fantasy leagues. The way I do think you go about fantasy leagues is this, understanding player rankings, understanding player projections, then plotting the two against each other to make value calculations that, of course, then get mixed into our own work. And that's part of why I've ended up with Jorge Polanco, pretty much everywhere. has got to be my most owned shortstop because I love the five category contributions. I think the market might be a bit slow to buy into what we saw. I think the Twins are not necessarily that great. He's going to get every opportunity to hit at the top of the lineup, although they are kind of top-heavy, which is good for Polanco, right? Polanco, Buxton, Donaldson, while he's out there, that's extremely strong at the top. It does tend to fall off, but... Not necessarily our concern what the seven hitter is doing if we're going to be batting one, you know, every single time around the lineup. So keep an eye on these value charts. And remember, you have to keep 
keeping an eye, keep on keeping on, right? Keep your eye on the price. Because even if I could lay out Polanco is my most owned shortstop right now. Let's say his price moves up 20 picks. Let's say Simeon moves back 20 picks. Then if the prices become equal, then we could look at apples to apples expectation returns. So always keep the price on the front of your mind. Always keep your opinions on the front of your mind. But be ready to buck either one of those. So I hope we all learned something a little bit outside. Like I said, just a simple kind of shortstop ranking list. I'm looking for five categories of contribution, but I also feel comfortable not getting my shorts up in the first round. That being said, if I have a top five pick, I'm drafting a shortstop. I will be coming home with Turner, with Tatis, or with Bichette. But if I don't get him, don't panic and don't reach. I'm going to let people take the flawed profiles. I'm going to let other GMs take the Baez and take the Chisholm. I'd rather shoot for the higher batting averages and the higher contact tools, the better profiles in general, just because I feel like, especially when we're looking for power and speed, if power is not there, hopefully the contact profile will get us on in order to speed. And if we're not getting on at a crazy clip, then maybe the power will be there. We always want to have kind of different tools in the tool bag to get the job done. So that'll do it from Big Johnny Stud, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, and all the lovely ladies and gentlemen here at the Mayo Media Network. So please make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the Mayo Media Net channel on YouTube. And if you like a little bit more of what I'm doing, you can also check out the Cork Stats channel itself on YouTube or look for the Cork Stats podcast. It's really been picking up hot and heavy. I've had a ton of quality guests on with more to come. And I've been doing these counterpoint episodes where I, you know, go back at, I volley, I return points that are something not always that I disagree with, but just points on some of my favorite podcasts. So make sure to check out all the work. I'm a fount right now. Check out the MLB Moving Averages handle on Twitter. That's me at MLB Moving AVG. Keep your fingers crossed for Big Johnny. Those FSWA awards get announced on Thursday afternoon around 2 p.m. And I am up for best baseball article of the year. I would love to bring some hardware home. So keep those fingers crossed. Rate, review, subscribe. And I hope you enjoyed the video. I'll catch you all on the flip side. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, yo, everyone. Peace.